Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, I've got Peyton with me. This is my first week in Austin, officially moved. And so we thought we'd do a podcast together because we were having this conversation yesterday, just like off the cuff. We're always kind of talking about our members in this community and like how we can help and how we can make things more clear and how we can help you all see better results. And we were talking about um, the timeline of results and how our own bodies have changed and how it's been a process for both of us. And it's not just a you know, one month, two month, 80 day thing. It's been like a matter of years for both of us. So really what we wanted to focus on today for you all was the timeline of results for body recomposition. And body recomposition means losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And this is a slower process than fat loss alone or weight loss alone mm-hmm. or building muscle alone. And we kind of like a body recomposition goal because it makes you slow down. Knowing that you're not going to get results immediately makes you make more sustainable choices. And so we think that the idea of a body recomposition goal with the understanding that it's going to take you a little bit longer makes these decisions and these lifestyle choices more sticky because it makes it so that you're not rushing anything. You know you've got a long timeline, but I think that, you know, we're humans and we get impatient and we want to know when are things going to start happening? What am I, what am I going to, what am I getting myself into? Right. So what we want to talk about today is kind of break this down kind of in increments. We'll talk about what's happening and what to expect in the first year, what challenges you might come across in the first year. And then we want to talk about like post one year, what happens. And we'll draw in our personal experience, like what we know about the human body and so on. So you ready, Peyton? Ready. Okay. Let's talk, and you all know I didn't even introduce Peyton. Peyton, <laughs> Dr. Peyton Busker, she's, she's a doctor of physical therapy. She works full-time for Evlo. She's a teacher for Evlo, been on the podcast many times. Um, thanks for being here, Pete. Yeah. So happy to be here and to be in person together. Makes so happy. Such a difference. Finally, now we don't have to text all day, every day about everything. It's a dream. It's a dream. So um, start with month one. Yeah. Month one is the time, is the time where everyone's gung-ho when you're first starting lifting and maybe you're starting on this body recomposition um, journey. Right. And let's talk about some challenges that might happen in month one as far as like what people are experiencing. Yeah. I feel like with month one, like you said, you're really excited. You're joining a new program that's typically when motivation's pretty high. And you're like, okay, I'm ready and I want to see results quickly, even if people are telling you it might not happen as quick. But what you might be experiencing, especially if you're newer to lifting specifically, is that you might feel slightly bigger. And I know you recently did a podcast on this that dives a little bit deeper into it, but I think it's important to note here that in that first one to three months, really, of starting a new program, especially a lifting program, you might experience cell swelling. So it's not that you are physically gaining fat in that time, and it's not that you're gaining muscle in that time, but you might literally be swelling. And so that feeling of kind of puffiness or or feeling a bit bigger might be coming from that. Yes. And so this is a time I feel like when people, especially people newer to lifting, see that and they get scared. Yeah. And they, say, they think they're bulking up. Right. And and so they're like, no, this is what I've been afraid of. This is why I haven't lifted in the past. And so they just toss it out all together. And so we really want to talk about this period of time because this is the time period that you want to continue moving, keep going. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's temporary. The cell swelling, it's not bad. And it happens to some people more than others. Right. 
And so some people might not experience this at all or might not notice this at all. And for some people, it's like more pronounced. Right. Um, and it's just your body getting accustomed to a new training routine. So your cells are li- literally drawing in more water. Um, but, you know, people think like I've gained weight or I've gotten, I'm getting bulkier, but especially in that first month, you're likely not going to see significant muscle growth. It takes longer than that. It takes your body longer to adapt and lay down new tissue than just one month. So that bigger feeling often is happening from cell swelling and not because you're getting bulkier. So I, we always just encourage people keep going it will like start to fade and everybody's going to be different. I can't tell you like after 30 days, it's going to be gone. You know, it's, it's going to be different from so person individual. to person. Yeah. So individual. Um, I think another cool thing that happens is within the first month, you have neuromuscular reeducation, which, which basically means your body is getting used to the movement patterns. And so very rapidly, you'll start to feel stronger. So you're like, Week one, I could bicep curl 10 pounds, and I'm at week three, and already I'm going up in weight. Like, 10s are feeling really easy. So you get that rapid increase in strength, that neuromuscular education. That's because your body is understanding the neuromuscular pathways to complete the movement. Um, it's not necessarily because you're gaining muscle in that time, but you're, you're gaining strength. So you can kind of separate the two. So that's like a really fun time for people motivating because they're like, wait, I'm already getting stronger. I'm already seeing... The, these strength results. So that's that's something to expect in the first month. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we also almost recommend when you're first starting out with a program and with Evlo specifically to really focus on the movement patterns themselves. Yeah. And focus on that, you know, the laying down of the neural pathways, even though you're not consciously thinking about that necessarily. Focusing in and honing in on the movement patterns will allow you to get more and more precise, to to really tap into proper form so that going forward after this time period, you'll then be able to tap into progressive overload and adding on more weight intentionally. Yes. Even though you are adding more weight on here, it's not necessarily like you said, because you're specifically establishing you're gaining more muscle mass in this short time period. Um, So just focusing in on how the movements are feeling, working through the movements, is a really great goal during this phase. Yes. Because a lot of times we talk about this on the podcast a lot. You'll hear it if you're an Evelyn member in classes all the time is like getting close to failure is important for muscle growth. Mm-hmm. But when you're in this brand new month one phase, we almost say like, don't worry so much about getting close to failure. We just want you to get used to the movements and let your body learn and understand these movement patterns and draw better neuromuscular connections. Yes. So you might not be getting close. You might feel fatigue and burn and all those things. But if you're not getting close to failure in that first month, like don't worry about that, right? Quite, quite so early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's month one. Month, really from month two to like month, and really that's kind of month one and two, I would yeah. say. Yeah, one, one through one through three, depending yeah. on, on your body. Everyone's, these are not rigid timelines. Yeah. But so that's why we're giving ranges one through three. Yeah. Um, to be expected, depending on your level of fitness prior to joining a program, depending on your what what programming you're doing, all of these yes. things come into play. But one through three is one through three. Thing. Yep. And by the way, you want to make sure you're doing the same exercises. Yes. If you're mixing it up so much that your body has to go back to that learning phase, you're never going to progress. Right. Because you're not going to be able to load a, a lift very much if you're always going back and having to 
start that neuromuscular re-education path again. Right. And this is why the whole muscle confusion thing, or you need to constantly be mixing it up or confusing your muscles is a complete myth. Total myth. Because it's what can happen when you do that is you might feel more sore, which again, you've recently had a podcast on that. Yeah. Um, So people often associate soreness with working the muscle well, which is not necessarily the case. So you might be mixing it up because you want to feel that soreness again or thinking that that's what you should do because that's what fitness culture has told you that we need to do as opposed to focusing in on similar movement patterns. So not necessarily the same exact exercise. Like for example, for glutes, we love step-ups, we love lunges, we love Bulgarian split squats. They're technically different exercises, but they are the same type of movement pattern. Yes. Hinge back at the hip. Yeah. So don't want people to get confused by that too with seeing our classes. It's not, our classes aren't ever the exact same, but it's using similar movement patterns so that you're not having to relearn that. Yes. I'm glad you delineated that. Yeah. So that's month one through three. Mm-hmm. If you're noticing the cell swelling, it's normal. Um, really focusing on the movement patterns. And then after that, month four through six is when I think you really start to learn if things are working. Right. You really start to learn if you're on the right path. Because although you can see like results sooner than this, you can start to see your body change sooner than month four. Um, a lot of times by month four, it'll be more a little more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you might start to see a little more muscle definition. Again, it's not like you're going to turn into the Incredible Hulk by month four. <laughs> Um, especially if you're on a body recomposition journey because it takes a little bit longer to build muscle. Um, and by the way, I've done an episode on body recomposition. Do you remember the episode number of body recomposition? I think it was 60-something. Peyton has the, the memory of an <laughs> elephant. It's insane. We'll have to check It's out. in the 60s. So body recomposition. If you need more information about body recomposition, go check out uh, my past podcast, episode 60-something. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the workshop below. Oh, yeah. And the work. Oh, yeah. We can we link, always link that. Yeah, we can link the workshop and we walk you through this step-by-step body recomposition. Mm-hmm. So... Month four through six is really when you're like, okay, I'm not, if you are starting to see muscle growth and if you're um, starting to see fat loss at the same time, that body recomposition, you're on the right track. Carry on. Yes. I, when I was going through this, this is kind of month four-ish, really a little sooner than that is when I really started to notice the differences. I was like, oh, wow. And other people like started making comments and stuff. Not that that's what it's about, but that's what was happening. Um, but if you're not seeing um, any fat loss or any and or any muscle growth, it means it's time to tweak. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some things, what are like the big hitters that they need to tweak? I would say from, an, from a fitness perspective, one of the biggest things that you'll need to make sure that you're doing is truly getting close to that muscle failure point. Yes. So as we mentioned, months one through three, depending on your level, might not be focused as much on that. You're focused on getting the patterns. Now we're in the phase where, especially if you aren't seeing muscle growth, like you're hoping to see or like you're expecting to see, then you need to really tap in in each and every exercise, in each and every class to getting towards muscle failure. So you don't have to get all the way there. Research shows that you can be three to four reps shy and still get the same results in terms of inducing muscle growth. But you want to make sure that you're truly getting there. And what that feels like in real life, because people hear that and they're like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, What does it mean to have three to four reps left in the tank? It's what it feels like is you, we always lift very slow and controlled, but you start to get even slower. Your pace really rapidly decreases. 
and almost feels like as you're going into the lift or lifting up, you might feel like you're getting stuck halfway up. Yeah. I know I experienced that just this morning. <laughs> All very, the time. Very intensely this morning. Yes. So it, those are, and you might start making funny faces. Just those are the things you're looking for. It's not specifically a burn because sometimes with a burn, you could do that all day long. Yeah. It's really, truly getting close to that muscle failure point. I think that's the number one thing to tap into and make sure that you're doing if you're not seeing those results. That's yeah. one. Because there's a big difference between just being tired mm-hmm. and actually stressing the muscle enough that it is close to not being able to contract again. Yes. Because um, I think people will do, they'll go to a fitness class or something and they're doing like, burpee to overhead press and they're like after the set they're like I am tired yeah that's very tiring it's very tiring but is that really going to move the needle as far as how it's changing your body physically no because since there's so much going on it's hard for any one muscle group to get close to failure mm-hmm. um so I think that's a big one mm-hmm. and then I think another big one that many people go through is not eating enough protein mm-hmm. and eating enough protein is hard it's very hard it's like if you, when I, I talk about this all the time, but when I first started tracking, just I wanted to get awareness about it. I was eating half the amount of protein that I should have been. And so it made total sense that my body, I was having troubles gaining growing muscle, muscle, growing yeah. muscle. And I know that like there's, you know, different opinions on tracking and some people are like, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, and Peyton is one that's like, she's like, I don't like to track. Yeah. For me, I don't mind it at all. Like it's like very easy for me to do. Um, but I think I would encourage you if you're hitting this point where you're like, I am getting close to failure. I'm doing all the right things. I'm still not seeing results. Maybe start tracking your food precisely so that you can get a good idea of like where your calories are and where your protein is. Absolutely. Because like you mentioned, I am not I am not personally a tracker. However, I've even gone through phases where I want to make sure that I'm eating enough protein or I'm, and I'm eating enough in general. Yeah. Um, and so I just track to get awareness. I, yeah. It's not me changing anything about the way that I'm eating. It's tracking truly to take inventory. Um, and then seeing that, seeing I was the same way, not eating nearly enough protein, then changing, making little changes, and then tracking again in a few weeks to yeah. see if, hey, has that, have those changes that I'm making, are they making an impact? Are they making yeah. a difference? Because if you're not a tracker, you at least have to check in in some way, shape, or form to see if you, if the changes that you're making are making a difference. So yeah. it's not that you have to track for the rest of your life, no. you have to track every day, anything like that. There are no. multiple ways to do it, but it just provides an insight that you might not be able to get if if body recomposition is your goal. That's what this is all about, right? Because if it's not, that's A-OK too. And yeah. Maybe you don't need to be tapping in. But if it is specifically a goal, it is one tool in your toolbox that can be extremely valuable. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And it, like you said, it doesn't need to be forever. No. You could just do it a few, like for a week. Mm-hmm. And because weekends can be tough too for people. Yes. It's like, you know, I think I used to be like this where, and I've changed a lot of lifestyle things slowly over the last three right. years. It hasn't been all at once, but it's been slow. And one of the things was like how I'm eating and drinking on the weekends. Yes. And um, like I would eat well during the week. And then on the weekends, I would drink a lot and go out to eat for almost every single meal. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, I just wasn't getting quality meals all throughout, the week, all throughout consistently. The week. Yeah, that was one of the things that Catherine Andrew, who's done a ton of nutrition content for us, um, specifically re- recommended that I do. Was yeah, if I'm, I only tracked a couple of days, which said track a few weekdays, yeah, and track a weekend, a weekend, day, so that you're really getting a full picture. But yes, yeah. 
And also trying really hard not to change the way that you're eating on the days that you're tracking. Cause we're, we all fall victim to that of you want to be, per- I know I'll, I won't say all, I'll throw myself under the bus. I like <laughs> want to, I'm an A-plus student. I want yeah. to be perfect. I want to, you know, all yeah. these things. And so I had to be, I really had to police myself and say, okay, no, eat like you have been eating, track that. Yeah. Cause that's going to be more realistic as opposed to eating, getting the best snapshot of the best yeah. day. That's yeah. not going to give you real. Throwing in protein shakes when you usually wouldn't right. and right. things like that. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So that's four to six months. Fun fun time, but can also be a time where people are like, what the heck is going on? Right. This isn't working. Um, and then there's like beyond that month seven. So we did month one to three, mm-hmm. month four to six, and then really month seven to a year. Mm-hmm. Um Again, this is going to be where you're like, I am, things are working. I'm doing great. Or, or you could have the same challenges around this time too mm-hmm. that you would have in month four to six. And again, tracking protein, making sure you're getting close to failure, all those things. For me, um, so I went through a body recomposition um, goal last year. Was that last year? Gosh. Yeah. yeah. 2021. 2022. Yes. Yeah. And what I noticed was around month seven-ish, if I go back and reflect, that's kind of when I started to plateau, mm-hmm. both with fat loss and with muscle. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I didn't. I I was good with the fat loss. Like I did not need to lose any more fat, but I was plateauing with muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I found was this is where I had to like check in with myself and ramp up my list a little bit. Like I checked in with, okay, what exercise have I been using the same weights for for a really long time? And Evelyn members might have even noticed this. Like I and they did. Like they commented like you're going a lot heavier than you used to. And I wasn't going a lot heavier, but there was just weights where I was just like, or lifts where I was just using the same dumbbell that I had used for a year. Yeah. So I started adding like wrist weights. I started using, cause you don't have to go up sometimes like, especially with upper body, if you go up by five pounds, it feels too much. So I went up, I used wrist weights. And so I went up by like two pounds mm-hmm. and then I jumped up again. So that's what really helped me is I had to check in with myself of like, am I challenging my muscles enough? Yes. Um, to, to build extra muscle. So I think this is a common place where people plateau. Very common. I think something else that people could look into is if you're in, this is more speaking to Avalon members specifically, but even in general, looking at the track that you're doing. So oh, at yes. Avalon, we offer three, four, and five times a week, which they each are effective, but they each have different you know, just they're different depending on what your lifestyle is and how they incorporate with what other activities and all you're doing. So it could be that maybe you aren't getting enough recovery time based on if you are a runner or if you like doing something else. Maybe you're not getting enough recovery time by doing the five time a week track. So you switch point. to the three time a week track. Good point. And put your runs on your off days. It's so there's a lot of ability to play with that as well. And this can be a really good time period yep. for that. And really, kind of maybe switching one and then being really consistent and being really honest with yourself. Yeah. We've we've heard from members before saying, you know, I'm I'm doing the five-time a week track because they feel like they quote unquote maybe need to do that. And then they end up only doing Monday through Wednesday classes. Now that's not going to be the same load that we're programming right. in and that, right. that can that we want to get in to induce muscle growth and muscle yep. change. It's not so, going to be as effective because no. you're not getting the same amount of volume. Exactly. So really check in with yourself and be honest with yourself and say, which one can I be the most consistent with? Totally. That is going to be the track that you want. Totally. And that you can recover with. My husband was like, I just do four times a week. And I know that I, 
I get it in. And yeah. he just actually switched to five times because he was like, now, not well with the new edition of Build Plus mm-hmm. on Thursday. But he's like, I've been doing the four time for so long and now I'm right. I've, I feel like it's a part of my lifestyle. It's easy for me to add in another class. Yeah. Yes. But it's not that big of a change at that point. But maybe if someone's going from nothing to the five-time track, it might feel like too much. Four-time might be a more realistic place to start. Totally. And just don't even, like, put it out of your mind. And I think that's, to your point, like, it's not always about adding more at this point. Sometimes it's about, um, sometimes it's about, like, adding an extra recovery day. Yeah. If you're not recovering, because, again, at this point, you shouldn't be getting sore all the time. You shouldn't be, feel like you got hit by a truck all the time. Seven months in, you should feel like your body knows what's going on. So if you're getting sore all the time and you're this far in, it probably means you're not recovering. And unless you are doing a program where you're just like, unless you're not doing Evlo, you're doing right. a different more program. Right, more talking about Evlo specifically. Yeah, more talking about Evlo specifically because that's what we can speak to because mm-hmm. we understand the programming. But um Maybe that means like, okay, maybe I should try the four time a week track. See if I can just put in better quality work four times instead of five and then take three recovery days where I'm walking or doing light cardio and see if that's better. Cause sometimes like you don't realize you're diluting your effort because your body's not recovered. Yes. So because that's where we build our muscle. Yeah. In the recovery. Yeah. We can say it till we're blue in the face, but it's, it's hard to accept that. Yeah. It's hard to think that that's the truth, but it, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So then what's really fun is after a year, this is where, and again, we love the goal of body recomposition because we like to say, and then in the workshop, I talk about this, but like create a goal for yourself for an entire year. Give yourself that long runway. By the time a year is over, your life style is going to be completely different. Like, And you'll be able to layer on new lifestyle habits that ultimately snowball this whole effect. Mm -hmm. So I think what's really cool is Peyton and I have both had our own separate journeys with this, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've talked about mine a ton, so I won't go into it too much, but like it was, for me, it was like starting to, like going from over-exercise to Evolo-type training. That was like stage one. And then stage two was letting my body like heal from over-exercise and all the damage. Stage two was like honing in on my nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then stage three was just like maintain. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at now, kind of. Yes. Um, but Peyton's is interesting. Do you want to talk about yours and like kind of what? Because you've been doing Evel for like what, three years? Three years now. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to think about. And so we had kind of opposite experiences just prior to Evlo. For me, yeah. it was more of that I wasn't consistent with any one thing. I was bebopping around to every other thing. And I, I wasn't new to lifting, but I was new to intentional and structured lifting yeah. for sure. I had done a few other programs, but always puttered out after this one to three month period. Not because I, I never personally experienced cell swelling in the beginning, but it was more of just my motivation just lacked. You got bored. And I'm bored. Yeah. So yeah. it was the first thing that was like, oh, wait, I can be consistent with this. This is really enjoyable. I really love showing up to this. And so it's been a f- like almost exactly three years because it was August that I started. Oh so gosh. three years ago. And it was such a journey for me. So for me, I, I've always been you know happy with how I, I've always been very confident in how I look and enjoy how I look, whatever it is. But over time, I feel like I've just been able to really tap into muscle growth, which is something that I've never been able to do. And I think a big portion of it is consistency. So for me, the for my first few years really were nailing down consistency, 
showing up for myself and, and starting to gain muscle. And I did. I, you know, I, I definitely gained muscle in those first few years. But then I would say in the last year is when it's gotten almost really fun for me in terms of I've been able to change and layer on a few things. So the first thing that has been a massive shift in my life and kind of a forced shift is my nutrition. And that shifted for me in February of this year. So kind of mm-hmm. halfway through this last year, I would say, in my brain. So I I really had to change the composition of my diet for health reasons, which we have a whole episode on. Um, and it forced me naturally to have to include more protein. And so in in doing that, I was finally then getting to the protein goal that I needed to hit pretty, very consistently. Um, and, and that induced both, I think, an exponential rate and increase of muscle growth, but also in fat loss for myself that I wasn't even really aware of yeah. until it kind of started happening. Yeah. Because it didn't feel, I, I didn't feel restricted. I, again, throughout this whole time, I've not tracked. It's not been something that I'm intentionally necessarily focusing on on a specific number, but it was more of just changing what my plates look like, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And that's worked really well for me, both from a health perspective and then also from a body recomposition, really sustainable body recomposition perspective. Yeah. And then the other thing that I've really, I think, focused on that we could maybe talk a little bit about is that I'm just more active in general. Mm. So prior to teaching, prior to working full-time for Eblo, I was working as a practicing physical therapist, which is pretty physically it's so It's so active. <laughs> so I was doing plenty throughout my day, and then I was doing my Eblo workout, so, you know, kind of getting more than enough. But then when I switched to working full-time for Eblo, you know, we, you see us teach, and then we're on our computers. We're doing, or on our yeah. phones. We're doing so much behind the scenes that doesn't require us to walk around the clinic and move patients yeah. around and all the different things. And so I think it's just been in this last year that I've kind of checked in with myself with that and been honest with myself and said, okay, I need to get a little bit more consistent with walks yeah. and with intentional movement outside of my work day and outside of my workouts. Yeah. Um, and that's been a big shift. And it hasn't been anything crazy, you know, 10 to 30 minutes a day, but I try and also do it on weekends. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just added up. And for for me, my step count, not again, not that that's something I'm focused on, but my average, you now your phone tells yeah. you that has gone up yeah. in the last year. Yeah. So that's been a change. I think that's important to note because I think people hear what people will do is do their workout and then be stationary for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's not what, we'll, but then we'll hear, we'll say, like, okay, well, your workout is not about burning calories. You don't have to do a ton of cardio. But we're not saying that you should just do your workout and then be stationary the whole day. That is not what we're saying. Right. Because there is a certain baseline of activity that you need to have mm-hmm. to keep your total daily energy expenditure elevated. elevated. Yeah. And if you're just doing your Evlo workout for 30 minutes and then you're not moving the rest of the day, your total daily energy expenditure is going to be lower. Right. Um Obviously, we've talked about many podcasts that does plateau with as you add more and more activity, it starts to plateau. So you don't need to add endless activity. No. But it's just a matter of being honest with yourself. Like, am I moving? Am yeah. I am I walking? Or am I like pretty like in although like I've kind of gone back and forth on steps because yeah. for the longest time I was like, you don't need to get a bunch of steps. But I do think that sometimes looking at how many steps you're getting can be a way for you to kind of check in and be like, oh my gosh, I'm only getting 3,000 steps a day. Yeah. Like, it's just an that's in, not enough. It's just a little cue, an indicator, yeah. one tool in your toolbox. Yeah. It's not the end all be all, 
but it is one tool that will let you know how active am I being yeah. in my day. Totally, totally. Well, I think this is awesome. I hope this helps everyone um, be patient, really, and yes. just know that, like, again, for us, it's been years, years, years. And we're still, I'm still hoping to like build more muscle really my entire life. Me like too. I am not in a rush. We always say we have the rest of our lives to work out. So I really want this podcast to be like, okay, we've got this. It is okay if you're not seeing results right away. You're not going to see results in 80 days. Mm-mm. Nope. Which by the way, I would love to see a follow-up of like the 80-day transformation right. fixes. Let's like, see 80 let's days see, later. Let's see 80 days later yeah. or a year later. Like where where are those people? Because the, those changes are not sustainable. So I just want to like wrap them in a little hug. You just tell them there's a better way. There's a better way. And, yes, it does take longer, but then you'll get to keep your results for a You'll longer. get to keep it and yeah. you'll get to feel better doing it. And it's not so miserable in the process. Yeah, it's not at all. It yeah. just feels really, like I hate to say this, but it does. It feels really easy. Yeah. I, I don't ever Agreed. feel. Uh, limited. I don't feel it just yeah. is a part of my life. Yeah, exactly. It feels seamless. Yeah. Not that the workouts are easy. No, no. But it, it, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it doesn't feel like such a like drag. Drag. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Peyton, thank you for being here. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. <laughs>